welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Faith, come on up here. Thank you so much for coming to us today. Well, you know. We'll see what happens. I sure would have hated to have a week's notice and had to worry about it for a week. I'm Jim Sexaholic. Really glad to be here. You know, I ran into Alan when I was walking up outside and, uh, and talking about the actions of love. I mean, what a miracle that I would be coming here on Friday night because I want to. Not because I had to, not because anybody's looking over my shoulder, not because I had to get a paper sign, not because of any other reason. Then I chose to be here. And that is not the old Jim Burnett. I mean, that's, that's a miracle. And I'm really glad, but, and I'm really glad to be here and I'm really glad to be with, with all you guys and, and ladies. Um, you know, but I, I guess I could have figured it out because, uh, my sponsor and I travel together from time to time. And uh, we've been to St. Louis and Salt Lake City and San Antonio and Nashville a couple of times. And and it just seems like stuff happens. And let me tell you about this this, this uh, Salt Lake City trip uh, the year before last. He was the keynote speaker for their uh, for their marathon in November. And uh, and so he'd been planning, and I, and I like to travel with him. So I was I was kind of you know kicked back and going to come to, going to travel to Salt Lake City. Well, two days before the uh, marathon, and they have a bigger, it's a, maybe a few more people than this. It's a, it's a nice, nice deal. Uh, he has a death in the family. So guess who gets to be the keynote speaker? Two days, two days notice. And then I have to, I have to talk on Friday night once and Saturday three times. And, um, and lead a breakout too. So, I mean, you know, it was, uh, and it was a God deal. Um, and another part of the God deal was, well, thank goodness I had a five hour flight from Memphis to Salt Lake City. You have to go to Minneapolis and then over. And so it took me a while. And the whole time I was writing, writing down, giving myself notes and writing for talks and stuff like that. And I don't know if any of y'all are, uh, uh, have, uh, SA net, but there's a guy that I have never met named Ron H and he's from New England somewhere, Boston somewhere, I don't know. And he wrote this beautiful piece about surrender. And, uh, and I read that and, um, I just thought, man, this is what, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be talking about this weekend. And so, uh, and so I, you know, I, I copied his deal and, 
and 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 gave a pretty I don't know several minutes worth of, worth of my worth of my talking was about surrender. And uh, and I got his permission. I wrote him. I wrote him real quick, and I said, "Ron, I'd really like your thing, your your piece. Is it okay if I share it?" And so, uh, so, and and the, this is what I was taught. Now I don't know about y'all, but this is the third time I've talked. I've t- I'm going to talk about surrender, and I'm giving Ron credit. But after after tonight, it's mine. <laughs> this, this this is Jim's talk on surrender. Except for tonight, it's still Ron H's. Um, I, uh, you, there's, there's this, um, thing in West Tennessee and maybe Nashville, but in many places I've been where, um, where people will come to a meeting and they'll say, I need to surrender what I was doing at four o'clock this afternoon, or I need to surrender what I saw, or I need to surrender what I, what I, looked at on the on the computer or I need to surrender calling this person or meeting this person and um, I don't know about y'all but I just don't think that's surrender that is not surrender in my book uh, that is confession and confession is real good for our program but confession comes during the fifth step but it best comes during a fifth step that's after a good fourth step that's after a good third step, da-da-da-da-da, on down the line. You know, confession is great. But coming to a meeting and talking about your acting out, your being in your disease at uh, earlier in the day and talking about it at a meeting, it, that's just not surrender. Surrender, to me, is... Um, it's a it's a magical thing or it's a it's a spiritual thing that comes as a result of a of a deep and effective third step third step uh experience um, you know when i when i take the third step and i become and i come to a state of surrender i mean that's the kind of surrender it's a radical thing that we use and uh, and i'm going to read you a little paragraph on page 81 uh, of our book about surrender, but um, I just, I just, it just, I just cringe, uh, and maybe, maybe it doesn't happen in Nashville, but people often come to my our meetings and say, or, or my sponsees will call me, and at least I'll call them on it. I don't, maybe I won't in a meeting, but, but uh, people come to meetings all the time and say, well, I got to surrender what I did today, or I got to surrender what I did yesterday. I need to surrender something. Well, that's BS. That is just. That's just me letting you know something so it's off of my chest now and so, you know, I can go on. I don't, you know, I really don't uh, like that. Um, so on page 81, it says, in summary for us, surrender is the change in attitude of the inner person that makes life possible. It's the great beginning it's the insignia and the watchword of our program. And no amount of knowledge about surrender can make it a fact until we just give up, let go, and let God. When we surrender our freedom, 
we truly become free. And that's what surrender is. I mean, it is. The watchword of our program, surrender, is, to me, it's the opposite of, of struggle. When I hear somebody say, I was struggling this afternoon, well, I mean, I don't want to be a smart ass, but the first thing I want to ask them is, well, were you surrendered? And of course they weren't. Um, because they were doing, you know, they were working, they had white, white knuckles, and they were doing their, using their willpower to the best of their ability to, um, work on whatever problem it was. And it wasn't a surrender, it wasn't turning it over to God, it wasn't about a prayer and meditation, it wasn't about, uh, anything else, calling a sponsor when you don't want him to know about it, all those things. Um, I, um, another, Another thing I want to talk about a little bit is is this saying that I read, and I don't think it was in essay literature, but it's just um, a key thought for me, and and it is knowledge of the path is no substitute for putting one foot in front of the other. Um, that and that's been my story for most of my life. You know, I can read a book and I can figure stuff out. Or I can go to a meeting and I can look at those steps up on the wall and I can say, yeah, I've done, yeah, 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 like that. But, and I had a lot of experience in 12-step recovery, um, before I got, I got, uh, sober this time in, in SA. Um, and it's because of a sponsor that had worked, had, had, had God had showed had given him a sponsor that had worked the steps just right out of the big book and that's and that's you know I'm more of a big book guy than I am a white book but um I ha- I had to be taken or shown and worked I had to work through those steps that path I had to do the work uh before it really you know and 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 in so many areas of life, I mean, you know, I know I know what I've got to do tomorrow. I know I've got to do this, this, and this. And uh, maybe maybe if I call so and so and tell them to do this, this, and this, it'll be okay. That, in my experience, that doesn't work too good for me. I, you know, I have to I have to trudge the path. It says trudge the path of happy destiny. I think in in in, in our big book. Um. So my my story has been a lot of a lot of uh figuring stuff out. I uh I was I was in in uh 12 step recovery since 1981 when I got in trouble uh with alcohol and drugs. And that was my first treatment experience. Oh, and by the way, I I started to ask I thought about asking people to raise their hands, but I don't guess I'll do that. Um I appreciate each and every one of you that have come to the program of SA and gotten a sponsor and work steps and gotten sober. Even, even if you slip and fall and start back over. I mean, that's, I just, I just have to take my hats off to you. But for this sexaholic, when the going gets tough, I get to go into treatment. I just, I'm a treatment center junkie. I started going to treatment in 1981, and I stayed three months there. And then I went again two years later and stayed two months there. And then I started acting out sexually. And I went to a treatment center in, in uh, Lawrence, Kansas uh, in 
99 instead of a month. And then I went down to Gentle Path in 2005 and stayed three months. And then uh, none of that really took. I went to treatment the last time. I hope it's the last time. My gosh, I hope it's the last time. The last time I went anyway. My last treatment experience was... Um, uh, in 2006, 7-11-2006 is my sobriety date, and I went to a place called Sante in, in Denton, right outside of Denton, Texas, north of Dallas, and I went for a three-day evaluation so I could get my license back to go back to work, and they would, I would go through these things, and they would write a letter for me, and everything would be rosy, and uh, and I had done, I was doing a whole lot better. <laughs> it was I was making progress, but... I, when I met my nemesis, which was a which was a polygraph machine during my three day it was my three day evaluation, I st- I went for a three day evaluation and, and came home five months later. <laughs> and it's taken all that stuff for me. I mean, it's taken everything. Um, I just, I just you know, I still think I don't I don't I don't like to think about it. Never mind. I'm not even going to say that, but. But but treatment going to a treatment center is an easier, softer way for this sexaholic than getting out there where the rubber meets the road and doing my best one day at a time and and getting a sponsor and working steps. That seems like the hard way. And I'll bet you that there are many, if not most of you people in here that have done it that way, and I applaud you. I've uh um, I'll tell a little bit about my story. Uh, I, like I said, I was re- I was recovering from from alcohol and drug addictions since 1981, and I had 19 years of sobriety um, during that time. And I and I was I was successful with the knowledge of the path. I got certified in addictive diseases and I was, and I worked in a treatment center and this treatment center and that treatment center and I did this and this and this and this and this. And, and, uh, but I had a, like it says in the Bible, I had a house that was built on sand and not stone. Um, stuff started happening in 1996 and, uh, and I started acting out in my workplace and I started acting out with women at the grocery store and with women anywhere. I mean wherever. Wherever, you know, wherever it was, I started some something happened and I just in my sex addiction, sexaholism became way active. And I and so uh so I started going to, to treatment centers and I went like I said that first the first um um treatment center for 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 sexual acting out was in 99 and uh but in 2002 two months before yeah two months before my 20th anniversary of sobriety in in the other program um the shame was so much on me because of my sexual acting out that I knew where I could get some relief. And it wasn't going to treatment and it wasn't going to a therapist and it wasn't going and getting honest or going to a meeting or anything else. It was back in those that alcohol and drugs. And little did I know, as smart as I think I am, my my 
my drug addiction just merged with my sexaholism and just took it to a whole new level and I was and I was totally out of control and I stayed out of control and out like that until uh 71106 and 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 that's and that's that's kind of where I am um I met a sponsor in September of 2007 I met him in 2007 and I don't think he started sponsoring me until sometime in 2008 but uh but that's when I really I really started getting it. I really started working the steps and I really started doing this and that and it was really for the first time after after 20 some years of uh going to meetings and and doing all that I was really into the program. And um and that's you know that's that's just kind of it. I want to talk a little bit about another topic. Uh I've got these cowboy commandments or cowboy something it's like ten ten rules, you know, like don't drink downstream from the herd, that kind of thing. Well, well, those, that's not the one I want to talk about. Uh, uh, the one I want to talk about is two of them: is never pass up a good opportunity to shut up. I promise you, in my life, when I talk. When somebody says something to me and I react like that, it's, I'm going to be doing a tenth step. It's the, I do the wrong thing every time. And, and it's a slow thing for me to learn to, uh, to, you know, count, you know, simple count to ten, walk away, do all the stuff that, that everybody understands how to do. We don't have a, we don't have a monopoly on those kind of things. Um, but the thing, the one I really want to talk about is suit up and show up. So, so I lost, I lost my ability to, to, to work in 2005. And so I've spent, I've been at home a lot. And, um, and I can tell you this, this is, this has become one of my measures of, of if I'm having a good day or not. If it's 10 o'clock and the price is right comes on and I'm still sitting on my butt, on my couch or whatever, and I hadn't done anything, I'm having a bad day. Um, I'm not gonna, there, Bob Barker or Drew Carey or any of those people aren't gonna t- give me one clue about how to stay sober. I promise you that. And, and I sit there and I do this and I do this, and I, and, and I realize, you know what, you've got, if, even if you mess up, I mean, thank God for a tenth step because it gives me the ability to grow. And if I don't get up off of my butt and go out there and go to the grocery store and go to the cleaners and go to go to to, to my workplace where I still hang out some and and go to meetings and and whatever I do, if I don't do that, I'm not having any. I don't get any growth opportunities. I don't get one growth opportunity from the Price Is Right. Not ever. Not ever. Not one. So so it's it's hugely important for me to so to to. To suit up and show up and, and live life. I mean, it's just one of the, one of the rewards or one of the freedoms or, uh, positive sobriety. I was talking somewhere about a positive sobriety recently. You know, a positive sobriety is when I have a chance to mess up and do the, and, and do the program. I mean, and and staying at home is not is not where that's going to happen. Well, sometimes with my wife, but I, but um, you know, it's just 
it's just huge for me. Um, today, uh, actions of love are, uh, you know, they're everywhere. If I if I if I if I take a chance and I look for them, I uh, I took an action of love today when I when I got up and got ready and told my wife bye and um, and she's so happy. I mean, she was my number one victim um, twelve twelve years ago, and she's so happy today that I'm going to a meeting. Uh, that I'm going to Nashville to go to a to go to a weekend meeting, um, and I am so blessed to have a wife that has never said no when I say I need, I want to do this or do that or do that or do be service. I've, I'm, I, like like she said, I'm I'm a trustee, and it takes it takes a lot of service work and do some travel and and do and do things like that. And my wife has never ever ever hinted that she didn't want me to do that, and and for that. I am eternally grateful. I don't, you know, I know that, that, that some of you guys and gals might get some pressure from home. You know, okay, you went to three meetings, you went to three meetings already. Have you gotta, gotta go again or, you know, thank God I've never, I've never had to deal with that, uh, yet. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know what else I want to say. Uh, I think we're going to have a Q and A in a little while, and um, I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity to be here and to share um, with you guys. Even with if, even with one hour's notice, it was it was okay. I was only nervous for an hour. That's great. That was great, and I appreciate that. And so so I'm gonna. You know, I might I might be on on a Q and A in a little while, but but after that, y'all are going to see me kick back and going to going to meetings in the morning and having fun and having fun, having fun. You know, and you probably all heard this. Somebody occasionally somebody will ask me, "How long have you got to go to those meetings?" Well, I got to go. I got to go until I want to go. I don't. Ha- I didn't have to come tonight. You know. I wanted to come tonight, so I didn't have to. So, so that's that's cool. That's a that's a change for me, and that's all I got. Thanks. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.